Hey rock stars, I'm Lydia Billings. And I'm Colleen Starcoke. And you're listening to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Have you ever followed a rule that didn't end up serving you? Here's an example. I can't be an artist and make money. Or how about this one? You can't start a new career after 30. Colleen and I want to explore why people often follow these rules, even though they aren't always awesome. Every other week, we'll dissect and debunk a societal, cultural, or individual rule invented by humans. We'll also look at some of the neuroscience behind why we're wired to follow the beaten path. On the alternating weeks, we'll interview a super rad real-life guest who has achieved badass results by completely breaking the previous week's rule. Get ready to climb out of that box, folks. Welcome to Rules Aren't Real. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode eight. I can't hey, guys. We're already <laughs> in episode eight. This is, I'm Colleen. I'm Lydia. <laughs> and we're super excited to jump into this episode. Um, I particularly am. For whatever reason, uh, this episode is is having a nice confluence with my life right now. So uh, we'll dig right in. So this week, we are going to be debunking the rule, you have to have a home base to start a business. What do you think about this rule? It's interesting, right? It's kind of one that I haven't challenged before. Well, that's not necessarily true. I work from all over the place, but I don't work from all over the world. Right. So right. that's really what we're going to be talking about today. So yeah. I like I like this rule. I'm ready to debunk it. Nice. It's fairly similar for me. I uh, I've worked from home for at least four years. I feel like it's more like five years. I never get chronology right. If it didn't happen yesterday, I'm a little bit fuzzy on the details. What uh, day is it? <laughs> but in any case, uh, yeah. No, I feel the same, and I I've tried working um, when I'm traveling and stuff like that. And that sort of works. But I think what I've been trying to do is, is work when I'm on vacation, which is not at all the same thing as traveling and working. And we'll, we'll get into that today, too. Lydia, why do you think that people believe this rule? Why do people believe that you have to have a home base to start a business? I mean, what are we talking about here? I think there's a few different sort of foundational reasons that people believe this rule. One reason I think people give is because they think it's more financially secure to be in one place. You know, a lot of people assume that if I'm traveling around the world all the time, I'm going to be shelling out a whole lot of money for my travel expenses and that that's not responsible as a business owner. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think there's also, you know, other aspects of financial security kind of included in that, you know, when you have your home base and and everything kind of in one place. You're not transporting things around. You don't have to move your team around if you have a team. Uh, I think, you know, in general, people assume that it's more cost effective. Yeah, I think I think they also assume that it's tricky to access your network when you're traveling all the time, Mm -hmm. like that you should be in one place. People know where to find you and you know how to find them. You know, you're reachable. And but that's trickier somehow if you're not in one place. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, one thing we can talk about here is the difference uh, or the different kinds of businesses, right? Because if you're managing a product or production of something and you have a big team and all of that happens sort of, you know, live action, that might be a little bit more difficult to manage remotely. Right. So 
unless you already have kind of a well-oiled machine and you can take off at that point, it does possibly make more sense for you to be close to your team. But I think, you know, there are also a lot of people who have businesses that could be entirely remote, such as um, mostly any kind of digital services, for example. We can jump right into that. And in that case, I think it's really a lot more important just to have a good team, right? To have very clearly um, managed expectations, to know that everyone is on the same page, and to have a team that you trust implicitly. So people who you don't need to be looking over their shoulder, that they have a lot of sort of natural autonomy and responsibility and excitement about the business on their own. You know, they're not just there to, to collect a paycheck. They're there because they like the job, they like the business, they believe in the brand. That's the kind of team that you can trust um, even when you're traveling. But most people aren't familiar with that or they're not comfortable or familiar with the technology that you can use to really stay in touch with your team remotely. Like you and I record remotely, Lydia, and we use Basecamp to stay in touch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I know we'll be hearing next week from our guest about how she manages her business from all over the world. And I don't know that she necessarily has employees. We will find that out, but she does have a huge community of other entrepreneurs that she stays in communication with all the time. So there are tools and structures and software that she uses to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think people often question whether it's realistic to do business across time zones like well we do it all over the world you know like there's got to be some way to do it so um you know big companies do it why can't why can't um you know entrepreneurs or solopreneurs manage it as well absolutely and and actually that's kind of (laughs) my next challenge and i'm testing it out uh this week i'm actually leaving for portland on saturday to hang out with my mom and with one of my very best friends the cocktail queen Emily Ross Johnson. So I'm going out there to hang out with some folks and I'm going to be working while I'm out there and it's going to be different time zones and I'm trying to figure out how do I manage that exactly and get over the fact that my regular routine is going to be shifted, right? Like what's my priority? Is it my routine and being able to wake up when I want to or is it my desire to be able to travel the world? So you really have to be tuned into your priorities and what matters and kind of have the gumption to try it to take it on the road. Yeah, that's actually perfect because you're starting to talk about some of the things we've learned from people who do this kind of work, people who run businesses while traveling. They have a lot of knowledge and experience about what works and what doesn't work when you're doing that. So you just pointed to one piece, which is that routine is a big part of it. Planning in advance and making sure you're taking care of yourself and that you have structures in place, time management, routine, all of that stuff, so that you're like healthy and well, <laughs> and also working, right, across time zones, yeah. countries. Yeah, yeah and, and I think a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, the things that we've learned from our research, but also from our friends, you and I have a, a pretty big remote community, but self-care is really important, and, and these routines and the scheduling, they're sort of an aspect of self-care. So instead of sort of working and living willy-nilly, if you are going to be doing that, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have ever been on vacation and then you get home from vacation and you need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you go, you have a great time, but you don't pay any attention to like balance, right? You're like, I'm on vacation, I'm going to have a great time. And I think a lot of people who are just getting into remote travel 
and work do the same thing. They're like, wow, new locations, new people. And they don't stick to a routine. They don't necessarily manage their schedule that effectively. And they tend to kind of go overboard and, and do things like not get enough sleep um, or drink too much sangria in Valencia. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or whatever. Like, oh, wait, I'm on vacation. And then you're like, wait, I'm not a wait, am I on vacation? No, I'm not on vacation. Wait, right. what am I doing? <laughs> right. And actually that that's that brings up two of the other important points, right? One of which is working remotely does not equal vacation. It's a lifestyle. And the other one is just because you're traveling and working doesn't mean you can skip vacation. You still have to take one, right? That's another yes. self-care. <laughs> So talk to me about these two rules. Like what, what comes up for you around these, like not rules, these uh, tips. Okay. So let's see, what do I want to tackle first? Just, just the fact that you need vacation, no matter what your job is uh, or how your job is structured. I think that I've, I have traveled for work, right? So I'm a photographer. I photograph weddings. I have done a bunch of different photo shoots around the country, have traveled to Europe for weddings and I'm very clear with myself about when I'm working and when I'm on vacation. So it's like I went to France for 10 days or Europe for 10 days. And the first seven days, I was just hanging out with my friends in England. Mm -hmm. And then for the next three days, I was in France working. So it was like very clear for myself. Okay, this is relaxing time. This is working time. What was the other thing you mentioned? The other one was working remotely does not equal vacation. And, and oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Tricky, right? <laughs> Perfect. So, like, I also had to know, because I used to work for a photography studio, that when we traveled to California to a beautiful beach and we're photographing an event, I'm not there to play. I'm there to work. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love that I'm in California on a beach, like, if I want to spend time drinking sangria on the beach, then I need to plan an extra day for myself of actual vacation. I'm not going to be doing that while I'm, and I shouldn't expect to have a vacation experience while I'm working. I think it's that last part that that's the most important, you know, because I really, I do think that there should be much as I hate that phrase. um, I would hope that there is always room for work and play in any given day, regardless of whether it's a work day or a play day. You know, I think that it's important to have that balance. Uh, but it's just, I, for me, it really comes down to the self-care aspect. You know, it's about kind of minding the boundaries a little bit better when you're when you're working, you know, and, and sort of, okay, well, sure, it's fine. I'm in a foreign country. Everybody takes a big siesta. I don't mind taking a siesta, but I'm probably not going to drink a whole bunch of wine before I have to go back to work again. Right. So I might have yeah. one glass of wine with everybody else, have a nice lunch, get a little bit of a break and then go back to work. You know, so I think you can you can play, you can enjoy the environment, you can enjoy the locals, you can enjoy the culture, like all of those aspects of vacation can stay in place. But you really do have to mind the balance if your intention and the purpose for being there is just living and working, right? It's not the same thing as vacation. You're not just going for this one period of time. You're still on the job. Right. Yeah, very good. What do you think about the whole budgeting question that people have? Like what it does it what does it cost to travel and run a business around the world while you travel? 
You know, I've had so many different experiences of this and I can really see why people think that it's not cheap to travel, but it really depends on the kinds of decisions that you're making. So if you want to travel and your version of travel is stay in nice hotels, eat out every night, buy lots of cocktails, that one's for me, like a little personal reminder. (laughs) Yep. Take a cab to wherever you're going. Um, Right, take cabs wherever you're going, like all of that kind of stuff, then yeah, you're going to run out of money really fast because that's vacation living and vacation living, unless you're rich, is intended to last like, you know, one to three weeks generally. Three weeks being kind of generous for most people. So that's not something that's intended to be sustainable. But if you travel places, you get an Airbnb or you just rent an apartment, you cook the majority of the time, basically, if you live abroad, like you live in the US, um, or if you live, you know, if you're traveling around the US, the, the point is, if you live when you're traveling the same way you'd live when you're in one place, where you don't go out every night, you do cook, you don't stay in hotels, right? Like if you were just working on an average day in your normal life, you would not go to a hotel. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't just book hotels all week, right? Like that would be a total luxury. And yet when we're in a foreign location, there's some sort of switch in our brain that says, but I should probably be staying somewhere fancy, you know, (laughs) pitfall. Yeah, totally. And, and honestly, some of the cheaper places are also where you meet the coolest people, people who are traveling on the cheap. There's a whole community of adventurers and explorers and, 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 you know, this term that you either love or hate digital nomads, whatever that looks like for you, people who are traveling and working, that's a huge community. And most of them are not in the shishi places for this exact reason. So one of the the things that you have to keep in mind when you're trying to judge, is it going to be cheaper for me to work and travel or to stay here and work wherever here is for you, is where do you live? What's the cost of living where you are, right? So Lydia, you and I are both in New York. Right. So for us, as long as we're, you know, living like locals wherever we go, pretty much anywhere in the world is going to be cheaper than where we come from. <laughs> yes. You know, except for maybe like Tokyo, um, San Francisco, maybe. Like, I can't think of very many places that are significantly more expensive. Maybe Dubai. I don't really know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Switzerland. I will definitely tell you, Switzerland is more expensive than anything. <laughs> There's well, a very have it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, that's one thing to kind of keep in mind there. Um, but, you know, if you are, if you're living like a local, that's the that's the trip. And you can really have a nice experience with that, too. You can find beautiful apartments if you're, you know, in, in Spain or in Southeast Asia or South America. I mean, you can find beautiful living spaces and really explore the city from that perspective. It doesn't have to feel like you're living in a shitty hostel or something like those aren't your only two options. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That you're kind of tapping into another piece that, or another benefit of this type of lifestyle, which is that you're constantly going to be surrounded by inspiration. Wherever you go, it's a new place. And depending on the, industry that you work in or what you know if you are running your own company that may make you more creative or more productive 
being in Spain certainly would have me, you know, interacting with the world in a different way and feeling inspired by different things that I don't see every day in New York. Absolutely. And that would certainly impact my work as a photographer. Right. Yeah. Um, and even if you're not in a creative field, it, it, it can impact just sort of your way of being and your level of productivity to be surrounded by different environments on a regular basis. Absolutely. One, one idea that I use a lot with my clients in our work together is that inspiration, this is, I don't know, this is my own philosophy, I guess. Inspiration is a result of new encounters. So new experiences, new places, new people, new ideas, whatever that looks like, right? I mean, it could be picking up a new book, but when you're traveling, you're constantly encountering new things, <laughs> whatever it might be. It might just be the color of a door. It might be the groove in the middle of the steps that lead up to that church. And that groove is there because 800 years worth of people have gone to church on Sunday morning, you know, whatever detail it is that draws your attention or whatever experience you're surrounded by that constantly, which allows you to be much more present and engaged in the world, right? Because you don't have your autopilot turned on the yeah. way that you do when you live somewhere for a long time, right? Like, you know, I don't pay attention to the details every time I walk to the train now. I know what it looks I like. I know. You sort of become numb to or like blind to every, everything around you because you're just so used to it being there. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and when we get used to our surroundings or seeing the same things every day, I find that I don't question things as much as I do in a new space. I don't like, I'm not as curious. I'm not inquiring in the same way. Um, I'm just sort of like, okay, this is how it is. Like very, very kind of bland attitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, I really think, you know, beyond just being more inspired, one thing that we've heard from our friends who travel uh, and work remotely is that that additional inspiration actually leads to greater productivity. As long as you are, you know, making sure to mind your boundaries and self-care and routines and scheduling and all the other things we've been talking about, right? Like it doesn't exist in a vacuum, but it really can make you significantly more productive because you're wired up and tuned in all the time. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> now the other side of this, right, Lydia is, is uh, not only is there a lot of amazing stuff that's engaging you all the time, but sometimes you can't say yes to all of those exciting new encounters. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about this. <laughs> our friends have definitely clued us into this one. I think what we've learned from some of our friends and folks who have shared about this with us is that, you know, let's say you're, well, let's just take me for example. Like I live in New York city I love to network with people. I meet new people all the time. They're all up to really interesting things. And I find that because I have the time and the space and because I love people, I will often be spending time with people that aren't directly related to my profession. So um, maybe they're just another business owner and they love, I don't know, hearing about photography. I don't know. It could be anything, but I'm not always tuned into specifically intentionally spending time with people who or going to opportunities that directly impact my business right and when you're traveling the world and let's say I'm gonna go to Spain for a week I only have seven days there I don't really have time to be 
not that I don't want to, spending time with people that don't directly impact what I'm there for. So it's like, you know, having this kind of lifestyle can allow for really like becoming a person that can say no to opportunities that aren't a right fit and really work smart by meeting with the people who do really benefit what you're up to or can contribute something directly related to what you're up to. I don't mean that you should like be a closed book and never talk to people that aren't in your industry. That's stupid. But (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's really valuable to, to notice where in our sort of, you know, those of us who have a home base, where do we spend time that we think is benefiting our business that isn't actually benefiting our business, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with it by any means, but it's just something to notice. I think, you know, to develop that even a little bit further, regardless of who you spend your time with, because I will say, you know, the, the more of a business person I become, the more I realize that it's just people. It's people, 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 right? Oh, yes. And all so it's, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where all the opportunities, that's where all the advancement, all the growth lies is, is your relationships with other people. So I, you know, and, and sometimes you meet people that you don't know are going to contribute something amazing to your business. It's not always something that you can tell going in. And, you know, depending on your business, like, you know, how do you and I tell, right? We're a coach for creatives and entrepreneurs and innovators. And so that's kind of a huge group of people. But I think the the kind of, I don't know, maybe a little bit more nuanced version of this is to say no to opportunities that don't directly benefit your business, you know? So even if you're hanging out with cool people, a lot of these people are going to be like, man, we should totally work together on this thing or that thing. And in the moment, it's going to be like, totally, we should. (laughs) I had such a good time hanging out with you today. And, you know, we went hiking and then we did business and let's make this work forever. But you're going to meet so many people like that. And you have to use your time wisely. You really have to think about where am I allocating my energy? Because, you know, some of that energy you are going to want to spend exploring the space where you are, the new place that you're traveling to. Um, and taking advantage of this incredible uh, opportunity. And some of that time you need to spend attending to kind of the nuts and bolts of your business. So those extra opportunities to collaborate, to co-create, you have to be pretty um, discerning about which ones you choose to accept and pursue. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, this is kind of a two-sided or two-faced point we're making because what I'm about to say kind of contradicts it, which is that if you do choose to build a business while traveling, you are going to, you know, just by design, end up with an international network as opposed to a network in one place. So you will have all those amazing people that you've met along the, you know, along the road in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. You'll have a really wide expansive network of people and professionals in different areas. But I think Colleen, what you're talking about is perfect is that like, it's really important to hone in on the opportunities while you're there for those seven days or however long it is that will really forward what you're doing Mm -hmm. and certainly stay connected with all the amazing people that you meet and the contacts you make, but really use your time wisely, you know, and maybe collaborate with those people in the future or not, depending on what you're both up to. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, one other thing that you can do, and I have found this to be one of the most powerful and rewarding aspects of networking in general, is if somebody wants to collaborate on something and you know it's not quite right for your business or you don't really have time at the moment, your plate is full, if you're building this network, this awesome international network of just badass people, connect them connect them. It doesn't have to be your opportunity. You know what? Spread the love, share it. Because when you connect those people and they do something awesome and it happened because of you, that's future opportunity that you're creating as well as really just deepening these relationships and, and fostering kind of next level trust and connection. So, you know, if you can't take the opportunity, but you know, someone who would be great, make that connection. International networking ninjas. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Okay, what else? What other tips have we gotten from our friends and, and from our research? Um, one is to really hone in on how to share your business with people quickly. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking about an elevator pitch here. Like, you know, if you're out and about in a new place, maybe you don't speak the same language as everybody, but maybe you do, right? You want to really be able to communicate clearly what it is that you're up to so that people know in an instant, oh, that's Lydia. She's a coach or that's Colleen. She's a coach. Like this is what they're here for. And not only that, you know, the title of what you do, but why you do what you do, why you love what you do, why you're traveling. It's like, it's all wrapped up in how you run your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, there's a couple other things here. Um, we'll, we'll zoom through them cause we're kind of wrapping up, but they're all important. And one thing that I really want to say to everyone who wants to try out the remote travel lifestyle <laughs> is get ready to cry <laughs> on like a serious level. Yeah, you will have breakdowns. You will fuck up. You will get the time zone confused and miss that important meeting. You will overextend yourself by doing too many cool things in foreign locations and not having any energy to work for the next few days. It's going to happen. It doesn't mean that you failed, okay? It just means that you need to be prepared to be vulnerable and to feel your feelings and to let that shit happen and then to pick yourself up and get right back to it. You know, because all that means is that you need to tweak the design. The design that you're using so far isn't quite working. Tweak the design. Try it again. You'll mm -hmm. find that balance. It's going to take a little while, though, because this is a, a lifestyle that society has not prepared us for. Our parents, I mean, unless you had super cool parents who came <laughs> from a different lifestyle, that's awesome if you did. But generally, this is not something that we're prepared for by yeah. any sort of authority or school or culture. It's something that you have to figure out on your own terms by your damn self. <laughs> there ain't no model, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no manual for this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's good ideas and tips, which we're bringing to you, but you're going to have to figure out the details on your own. And that's also a super joyful process, you know, but don't go into it if you're just expecting fun and games like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. That doesn't really happen in life anyway. Right, exactly. Um, it's also really great to get to know what works for you and your brain. When you're at work, what makes you most productive? When, like, do you like to be outside? Do you like to be in an office? Do you like to be with people? What time of day is best for you? When, like, when are your golden hours so that you can hone in on that no matter where you are around the world? Absolutely. And that's actually something that's kind of fun, right? Because now all of a sudden you're not constricted by society's rules. Oh, I have to work nine to five. I mean, okay, why? 
you don't. So the only rule that you have to come up with is that when you work are the hours you can get shit done, the hours that the people you collaborate with are also available, and the hours that your brain functions, right? So this is a really exciting opportunity, actually, because who knows, maybe your most creative time frame is 7 to 10 p.m. Who knew? Try all of the different time frames and see what your brain likes, what resonates, and, and also, they're going to be different types of brain energy, right? Different levels. There's kind of uh, like level one thinking, which is sort of checking emails, uh, repetitive, redundant tasks that don't require all that much new generative creative thinking. Then there's level two tasks, which are things that you have done before, but need a little bit more creative thought. So maybe um, summarizing meeting minutes and sending that out to your, the board of directors. Okay, so you gotta put a little bit more thought into it, but it's also something that you've done before. Then there's level three thinking, which is totally generative, totally creative, new thinking, right? So that might be songwriting. That might be coming up with an original pitch for a project, anything along those lines. So take a look at what your brain wants to do at different times. We have all these funny habits um, from work that we just do because, and those things tend to be like, get to work, turn on your computer, check your email, answer everybody's emails, right? That kind of stuff. Well, maybe first thing in the morning, your brain is really ready and fresh to be creative and do level three thinking. So do the email later. And this is a cool opportunity to really investigate that, which by the way, you should do anyway, regardless of if you want to travel and work or whatever else. This is Yeah, a I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> this is perfect for everybody. Yeah. It's a great exercise, but the, the freedom of traveling and working, um, I think really supports this, this kind of stretching. Wouldn't you yeah, say? Uh, definitely. You also want to keep in mind that this kind of lifestyle doesn't have to be all or nothing. So what do we mean when we say that, Colleen? Well, you know, I think <laughs> most people, it's kind of like, well, I have to sell everything I own and, and jump on the road or I have to work from, you know, I have to work in one place and stay local. And those are kind of the only two options. And as always, we challenge that, right? Whenever we see black and white, that's Yo, like... fuck that. <laughs> whenever there's black and white, we see red. We don't believe it. So it basically means there's any number of ways that you could do this. You know, if you want to share some space with a friend and they're okay with you crashing on the couch for um, every third month or something and you contribute to their rent and drive their prices down and, and then you can travel in between there or you can be home six months and travel for six months or, I mean, there's any, any version of this is fine actually. There are no rules with this. You get to decide. Whatever works for you and whatever you can create and maintain, do it, <laughs> you know? Yep. As always, do what you want. That's kind yeah. of what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do what you want and do what works, you know, do mm -hmm. what works also for your customers and your clients. That's really important. You have to be available for these folks, but, but within those constraints, do what you want, figure it out. Yeah. I'm so excited cool. for this rule. I'm so excited that we debunked it and we went over it because this is exactly what I'm planning to do next year. Oh, Awesome. <laughs> and like we, like we mentioned earlier, you will get to hear next week from 
um, our fabulous guest, whose name I'm totally forgetting, Colleen. No, it's Rachel Wager. Rachel, yeah, yep. thank mm -hmm. you. Um, and she's going to share all about what this looks like in her life. She's been traveling for a while now and mm -hmm. totally rocking it out, running her business. Yeah, absolutely. She went to college for finance or something. Um, and then pretty much ever since she graduated, she's been on the road, making it work, figuring it out as she goes. And we're really excited to hear her story. I think you guys will really get a kick out of it, too. Yes. Uh, we can't wait to share that with you guys next week. And we also want to know... If you are someone who travels the world and runs a business, how do you make it work? We're very curious to hear about that. Yeah. So please check us out online. Where can they find us online, Colleen? Uh, you can find us online at facebook.com slash RAR podcast. And please check us out. Leave your thoughts. Start a conversation. Uh, we're right there with you. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rules Aren't Real. We hope it gave you some serious food for thought when it comes to the rules you might be following in your own lives. In fact, we'd love to hear about those personal rules of yours or any other thoughts you have about our show. Join the conversation on Instagram at RAR Podcast today. If you want to learn more about Lydia or me, please visit our website at rowancoaching.com slash R-A-R. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to break some more rules with you next week. See you soon. soon.